0: All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to another week of In the Fire. We're excited to bring you another podcast. I'm joined by Justin and Thomas once again. How are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty well.
1: I am also swell, I will say. Getting in the Christmas spirit. Nice. (laughs) I like that. Good (laughs) you (laughs) bring.
0: Yeah, so it is, I guess, the week of Christmas. We're under a week now away. It's the last Saturday before Christmas. We are. Yeah. yeah. So exciting 19th. times. Um, but yeah. So going off that, or sticking within that Christmas theme, uh, this week we're going to look at Mary. Um, and we're not just going to look at her in the, in the Christmas story, but we're going to look at her role in uh, Christi- the Christian belief as a whole. Um, and how we, as a Protestant church, see Mary, what her role is in, that, in our theology, and then also we're going to compare it a little bit to Roman Catholic belief and sort of compare those two and see why we differ between uh, those two beliefs within those two denominations, or I guess the two big factions of Christianity, and then we're going to look at a little bit about Mary in the Christmas story and see what we can learn from her.
1: Sounds like a plan. Peter,
2: I have one question. What is it, Thomas? You're not secretly Roman Catholic,
0: are you? Am (laughs) I? We'll find out today. (laughs) 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 All right, good question. So we will see if that's the case. (laughs) Let's find out. (laughs) All right, so this it's a bit of a unique topic. It's not our traditional path that we've done on previous podcasts or traditional framework. Uh, but I got to thinking about Mary a little bit in some of my art history classes that I've taken um, at school. Cause her, I mean, if you look at medieval art, she is such a prominent um, character within yep. mm-hmm. sculpture and paintings, et cetera, because I mean, the Catholic Church was a big um, a big patron of art of art and so they commissioned a lot of artworks and a lot of that imagery was essential to their worship um, so it was put th- all throughout churches uh, for believers to to look at because also um, especially for people during the time who weren't literate they could communicate uh, more clearly what they wanted to through artwork Um, And so we see a lot of imagery of of Mary, especially like the virgin and child sculptures and paintings and altar pieces. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it shows that through that, that she was very highly venerated within Roman Catholic belief. She plays a very paramount role. Um, So Catholic Christians, they believe that Mary, uh, who is a compassionate and graceful mother figure, can appeal to her son, Jesus for mercy on behalf of the repentant believer. That's the Catholic belief. Uh, there's also other beliefs that go along with that, such as, uh, towards the end of her life, she was assumed into heaven. She didn't actually die. She was brought up to heaven, sort of like Jesus was at the end of his life. And then there's other beliefs like the immaculate conception and, and stuff like that. But, um, that's very different from what the Protestant church believes. Um, Protestant church does not venerate Mary as much uh, because there's a belief that sort of the Catholic uh, Catholic worshiping of Mary takes too much t- attention away from Jesus, who is the fully bottomed of mercy and grace. He does not require an intercessor on our behalf to um, for us to connect ourselves to Jesus. Um, so I guess sort of the Catholic Church sees Mary as an intercessor for the intercessor, if that makes any sense, because Jesus uh, intercedes between us and God, connecting us back to God, and then there's belief, not just Mary in the Catholic Church, but the, uh, but the Pope and the... Um, like, now the other word, the... Confessions. Yeah, confessions and stuff are a way to... I mean, they're just mediums of intercession... Between us and Jesus. So
1: so real quick. We have Pope Mary Jesus. The intercessor to the intercessor to the intercessor.
0: Yes. (laughs) A long train of intercession. (laughs) 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 But anyways. um, The Protestant Church. Does not place Mary on the same pedestal. As the Catholic Church does. Because Jesus fulfills everything. By himself. He is the path to salvation and we don't need an intercessor cuz Jesus did that all um so what do you guys think of that
1: I think it's important think- to note um sorry Thomas but just no, just real go quick I, I think and we'll get to it um obviously this is going to be about Mary this podcast and she does hold a very special and and place in in scripture that we should look up to respect admire in many ways but Ultimately, everything is going to point towards Jesus and towards God's ultimate plan, um, which I think we should keep in mind, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you kind of hit it right on the money with with everything Peter and Justin, Um, just because Mary is the mother of God, which is, you know, kind of cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also... She's she's also sinful, right? And so I don't think it's I don't think we need to elevate her to a special standing because uh because she was just she just bore Jesus, right? Um like we've seen time and time again, God chooses people who are like the least likely to be chosen. Mm-hmm. And so if we approach that with Mary, then like or rather God chooses people whom we
0: don't necessarily expect, but hang on. I'm at a loss for words here. I'm sorry. No, I think you were, you were again, you were touching on some good stuff there. And that is sort of what we'll look at when we get into the, the Christmas story and examine the book of Luke a little more is that Mary is just another example of a human in a humble status being used by God. Um, to really True. point okay. us all back to Jesus, which, Justin, you mentioned also, that, like, that's, that's the point of a lot of these characters in the Bible. It is all about Jesus, and God uses these characters, which we can learn a lot from in their lives and their faithfulness to God, and uh, how they point everything back to Jesus.
2: Yes. All right. I have words now. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so let me say something really quick. Um, so basically, Mary wasn't chosen because she was special she was special because she was chosen Mm. and i like that because of that it's we don't need to necessarily treat her like she's better than the rest of the human race
1: right it's almost like we should look at her the same way that we look at someone like moses or uh david or matthew um yeah but in, in in a very similar sense but she plays it kind of a different role than they all do. They all play different roles, but in the same sense, the same role that points everything back to Christ and points everything back to God. Um, They're all chosen. Mm -hmm. They're all uh, just ordinary people essentially (laughs) chosen because God deems his grace upon them. Um, And so Mary's a a fantastic example of someone we should look up to um, as we look up to all them.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Yes. And in my, when I was uh, doing some studying for this uh, for this podcast, for this episode this week, I did find some um, important and interesting points that I had not known before. Um, and I think that, I mean, it's, this is all just by simply looking at the New Testament, which is, I mean, as Protestants, we believe that the Bible the, is the Word of God and it is sufficient for our theology. Um, and that that's all as Christians, that's all we need the Bible that's all the information we need. Um, and so she is actually, from what I found, Mary is not mentioned a great deal in the New Testament. She's not mentioned beyond the book of Acts. Um, so for example, in Galatians four four, there's a verse that says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman. Um, doesn't mention Mary specifically. Um, so I think that's important uh, to understand. It was interesting for me to learn. Um, it was pretty cool to learn that. I didn't know that before. But that when the early churches of Christ is being founded, which is uh, shown a lot in the books that follow Acts, Um, which is when she is not mentioned. Um, It shows that she's just not a central part of the worship and theology of Christianity and what we believe. Obviously, she does play an important role. Um, But I think we can learn a lot from the fact that she is not mentioned after Acts. I
2: agree. I, I think part of the reason for that is probably because of like, what's happened in the Catholic Church. Um, There's a reason why she's not mentioned. It's because if she was mentioned, she played a much larger role. People would then start looking to Mary instead of Jesus. Where Mary is just the means by which our Savior came into this world.
0: She's not our Savior. Right.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then other examples in the New Testament, um, Put Mary. Um, it, I guess it doesn't like highlight or um, only focus on her role as being the mother of Jesus. Uh, she's so she's mentioned in various verses, um, in the same sentences as the, or her other sons are mentioned in the same sentences as Jesus. When she explain when there are Bible verses that explain her mothership. Um, so matthew twenty seven fifty five to fifty six for example says there are also many women here looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee and then acts one fourteen says all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the woman and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers, so it doesn 't um, it just shows that her role as the mother of Jesus is not prominent or totally set apart from her role as the mother of her other sons. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So a couple interesting yeah. verses there um, which further explain this. Yeah. And so, overall, there are a couple conclusions that we can bring from this, I think. Um, Dr. Thomas Schreiner, who is a. Um, I guess a, 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 I guess you can call him a theologian he teaches at a, a seminary said that Catholic conceptions of Mary diminish Christ's atonement compromise his person and rob him of the glory he deserves um, and so I think that I, like through this through this episode I don't want to like belittle Mary at all but I want to right yeah because yeah, <laughs> she does play such an important role and we can learn so much from her as we are about to see uh, but it's more to yeah uplift christ elevate him to uh where his proper status is in our in our religion
1: yeah Uh, i i did find a note um from a commentary i read from my my guy david guzik who i think i've quoted in probably every episode we've done and we'll continue to do so (laughs) um but he says the roman catholic prayer that begins hail mary full of grace is accurate mary was full of grace and so is the believer us but Mary's grace was a received grace not grace to give to others um which does point to her kind of standing out it put but it more than anything it puts the focus again where we're trying to get to back on God as the giver of this grace um it does not it doesn't necessarily mean that Mary is not an admirable person and one that we should look up to as again we'll get to in this podcast um but it does show that her, the blessing she received comes from God. And therefore that's where we should be looking through her. Um, So I thought that was a, a good little quote there.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot. Nice. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Good old (laughs) goosey. Okay. So establishing through just looking strictly at the new Testament that, um, Mary is she's blessed with the opportunity and responsibility of bearing the Son of God, but it's important to recognize that she is also human with the same need of grace that any human needs to be saved. Um, So establishing that, uh, she is not exalted beyond her human status by Jesus or the early church. Um, And so we should not elevate her to uh, overshadow any of the work that Christ has accomplished for humankind um but she was a remarkable person and she is instrumental to the story of christ and like many other characters in the bible we can learn a lot from how she lived her life trusted god and loved god and so now we can look at the the christmas story a little bit we're going to look at luke chapter one uh specifically two passages luke 1 26 or 38 and then 46 or 56 um so, Justin, do you want to read 26 or 38? And then, Thomas, do you want to read 46 or 56?
1: Gladly. Sure. All right. All right, here we go. Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her.
0: And you want me to read the next one? Oh, yeah. Actually, we'll skip ahead a little bit. So 46 through 56. Yeah. And Mary said,
2: My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and is, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones, the exalted ones of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home.
0: All right. Thank you, guys. Um, So Mm -hmm. there's two main points that we can cover here through this. I mean, there's more than that, Um, but we're going to look at two today. The first is Mary's humility. So she is humble. Um, and her humility, in my opinion, embodies the importance of humility that we see throughout the Bible. Uh, So she's a young, unknown woman from the small, insignificant town of Galilee, Uh, but God chooses her to accomplish this great task. And what I really love about that second passage here is Mary's, which is, in my Bible, it's titled Mary's Song, or the Song of Mary, Um, is that she provides many references to this humility. Um, she, he mentions, or she mentions that for he, had, in what verse is this? Verse 48, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. So she's referring to herself. She's saying that, Oh, God recognizes me. Um, he doesn't forget me or overlook me, but he, in my low, in my lower status as a young unknown woman from a small town, um, God still sees her and uses her which I think is is special and we see that throughout the bible whether that's through David or Jesus himself who was a carpenter and also the the son of uh Mary and Joseph who were the who played this small role before being chosen by God Yeah
1: Mhm
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah 46 through 56 the song there reads reads like a psalm would like we read a psalm last week um from david and you see a lot of similarities in what she's saying um but he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty it, it does read like um it comes straight from the psalms my bible says it's a hymn um let's see where is that 46 uh yeah one of four hymns in the first two, two chapters of luke so um, it says it's a recital of what God had done for her and for others in the past. So she's responding to this news and what's happening in our life with uh, humility and praise here.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's special that this is, um, this is when she's pregnant. This is even before Jesus is born and, his, and Jesus did all the fabulous things that he did in his life. Um, So Mary, and this is still early on in her story after Jesus says, after the angel appeared to her. Um, So she's pregnant at this point. She's with Elizabeth. And, I mean, if it were me, I'd still be, have this tremendous fear and uncertainty about what's going to happen. And yet she sits here and sings this song, um, just praising, praising God. Even, I mean, it's before the fact, it's not even after the fact, looking back on all that God has done. Um which also shows just the trust that and humility that she has in praising God.
2: Yeah. Something really cool about Mary's Song of Praise or The Magnificent. Hmm. Um I have a little colon. <laughs> <in my laughs> the <Bible>. Magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> um is as you as you kinda of read through it, um, you see a lot of this kinda of outlines like jesus's ministry like through it ends like his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation he thrown strength, strength with his arm he has scattered the proud of thoughts of their hearts He has brought down the mighty from their thrones exalted those of humble estate he has filled the hungry with good things the rich he has sent away empty he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy and spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And, you know, you could see that last bit as like, oh, Abraham's offspring was the people of Israel. And that was just the, the Jew, the Jewish people at that time. But if you go back to, I uh, think this is Genesis, and... um. Abraham was saved by faith prior to being like in the covenant and the law being established. Mm. And so when God says, I'll make your offspring like the stars in the sky, it's God saying like, and I will bless all the nations. It's God saying like through my glorious plan of redemption, all the way through to Jesus, it is to the Jew. It is to the Gentile. We are all the offspring of Abraham and we are all part of the complete Israel. It's for everyone.
1: Yeah. Good point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I think throughout this song, another thing that it shows is that God accomplishes his greatest work through the humble. Um, And I know Mm -hmm. there's a verse in Acts that mentions this, that those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And you see this also here in verse 52, for example, it says, he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly, which is... Mm-hmm. Almost the same thing as that verse in Acts. Um, and so I think it, it's, it's so special and unlike anything you'd expect from, you know, Jesus being our king, um, that God would—I mean, you might expect that God would choose the mother of the Son of God to be this magnificent queen and royalty, and that Jesus would grow up in that and himself be a king with this crown— and also live in royalty, um, but yet I think that, mm-hmm. I mean, what what would that really do? I mean, we have a a king mm-hmm. who is above everyone else, you know, if that's the case. But here, through Mary's life and through Jesus' life and through what, the work that Jesus does, he shows that he comes from the poor, the humble status, and he cares for those in the humble status, um, and he exalts yeah. them. And I think that that just points to the the greater message of humility that Jesus embodies.
1: I think so too. Yeah. And and we've established that we shouldn't necessarily worship Mary, but she's someone we should look up to. Um, And I think you see her humility in her song, but also in what her song is in response to. So she goes to visit Elizabeth and um, Elizabeth says, to Mary blessed in, in 42 through 45 blessed are you among women, blessed is the fruit of your womb. Um, and then down in 45, blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things, which were told to her from the Lord. So she's kind of saying, Mary, Oh, Hey Mary, this is incredible. Blessed are you among women. And Mary responds by magnifying the Lord in 46 through 56. So deflecting kind of that, um, praise being sent her way. Um, I think yeah. that's that's something of up to, so it shows kind of where her heart actually is um and she's she is in God's service, and she truly is in her heart here, and we see that um and she's overflowing with this gratitude and and faithfulness um and she's pointing yeah. it all back towards him, which is something we should do I agree,
2: and that kind of speaks to why she was chosen as well. Yeah. Um, because she is is devout, and she does seek to know the true God, and she knows, like, the greatness of God in ways that some of the Pharisees at this time didn't.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and so the second big point I wanted to cover here is, uh, one, she is humble, but two, she is also joyously faithful. And... Mm-hmm. We see this through these couple passages passages that we looked at here. Um and so pretty much God suddenly through the angel appearing to her, um it's God suddenly deciding the course of Mary's life. Um, at age they believe she was from somewhere around like the age of fourteen, fifteen or sixteen, uh, when one would be betrothed to a man at that in that era. Um <laughs> yeah, so so imagine that someone appears to you. I mean, Mary has her plans for her life. She just got engaged to Joseph, um, and no- nowhere on her radar is she expecting to father the the son of God. And yet, God suddenly appears to her and says, "You will, you will carry the son of God. You will be mother." To <laughs> you. Um, and so, so I don't know. I don't know how I'd react if. God suddenly called me to take up a new path. But the fact that Mary didn't refuse it or begrudgingly go along with it, um, speaks volumes to, I think how we should respond when we feel God calling us somewhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she, I mean, it was probably pretty comfortable in her life. I mean, I, I felt like I was reading it this morning and maybe one of the other gospels, but it actually referred to Joseph as like a good man. She's betrothed to a good man. Or maybe it was just a sermon that I was reading about it. Um, so, you know, she's set to be married. She's probably living a nice, calm, easy life where she's uh, strong in her faith and, and strong in what the future has in store for her. Um, and here, everything's about to be very much thrown off. Um, and she's going to respond faithfully. So It's true.
2: And through the genealogies in, I think it's Matthew and Luke, it connects um, Joseph back to David, mm-hmm. and it also connects Mary back to David.
1: Yeah, and here, where is it? First luke 1, 27, um, betrothed to a man named Joseph who was of the house of David. So, yeah, yeah it uh, connects. Mm-hmm. See, so connecting throughout the entire Bible once again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, one of the ultimate things cool. that we've – that just – permeates our podcast episodes. Yeah. Um, And so when Mary was um, conceived of the Holy Spirit, this was at a time when there was so much risk and shame if you were to become um, impregnated before wedlock. So it mentions that she's Hmm. betrothed to a man named Joseph, which is essentially the um, uh, being engaged essentially at that time um, yeah. so she's engaged to him but they've not been married yet and so if she's found pregnant I mean based on the research I did she would face capital punishment from Jewish, Jewish officials and possibly be even stoned to death and so that's just extreme punishment yeah. um, and yet she continues to um, joyfully accept her role here Um, despite this risk. And I think that's another great thing that we can learn at her faithfulness through this process. Um, We see her visit Elizabeth after this, and it mentions that Elizabeth also becomes um, pregnant at her age, which was pretty much thought impossible. Um, But that's another miracle. And so Mary is told of this in the Bible by an angel And um, so then she's probably fearful about becoming pregnant out of wedlock. But then she recognized that it'll be a miracle that she's conceived of the Holy Spirit. And it's a miracle that Elizabeth also becomes pregnant. So her first thing that she does after this is that she visits Elizabeth. um, And that's in verses 39 through 45. And I think that points back to the fear that she has. Because Elizabeth is really the only person who could... Probably understand the miracle that just happened. Mm. Um, And so Mm. she seeks comfort in this to find Elizabeth and be with her. So I think that speaks to her fear um, that she's a little uncertain about this all, but she's all joyously faithful through the process.
1: Yeah. And I think that you establish that she probably does have some level of fear here. Um, Not necessarily doubt, but fear. It, It speaks to her courage too not just in the fact that um by submitting herself to the lord's will here that she'll become pregnant and she'll be judged and she'll be uh hated by those around her and she'll her life will be doubted her faithfulness will be doubted um in a time when you don't really want that to be the case as peter you established there that speaks to our courage but also i think uh, where's i have it written down um so Mary's song, and maybe I'll cover more later, but um, it's I saw it has 12, 12 allusions to the Old Testament, including an allusion to First Samuel 2, um, mm-hmm. which means that Mary was a woman who studied and knew God's mm-hmm. word pretty much by heart. Um, so the scriptures were on her heart and came out through her song, which means when she was told, like, you're going to be... A virgin giving birth to Christ. She knew who it was. She she knows it's going to be Jesus, the Messiah. Um, mm-hmm. And I connecting the dots in my own mind. I would think this means she also knows what is to come in her son's life. Um, I mean, Isaiah fifty three is another prophecy. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. She she probably knows that's coming and if, if she doesn't recognize it immediately, she probably has a couple of days to think about it and figure out, Oh, <laughs> I know what's going to happen to my son. I'm going to love this child and he's going to be crushed. Um, and yet she's still going to go forward with it. Um, and we do see as Jesus is crucified later in his life, she is right by his side, sad, weeping. Um, mm-hmm. if you've seen the movie, the passion of the Christ, mm-hmm. uh, at, that's a big part of the plot of that movie, um, and so I think again that shows her courage and shows her faithfulness. She knows this is going to cause her some troubles in the immediate future and some deep, deep pain. Thirty some years down, thirty years down the road, right? Um, but she's gonna go forward with things because she has this deep faith in God. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, she really. <laughs> She really steps up to the plate. She takes on this tremendous responsibility. Um, I think that's a great point that he brought up. I never never knew that before, all the connections, those 12 connections through just those 11 verses to the Old Testament. Um, But I also think that she uses those to uh, gain this confidence that um, through all this uncertainty and fear that she may have, She knows because she is so literate in the word, um, she can be confident that God will be with her through this all and accomplish this great thing. And she's willing to take on this tremendous responsibility, um, in part because I think she's galvanized by this confidence and her understanding of the Bible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I do want to highlight real quick. I think it's cool. It doesn't necessarily play much into what we have to discuss today. But one of the allusions to the Old Testament, um, which is in first Samuel, too, as I mentioned, is when Samuel is born. Um, and first Samuel is a lot about David. But before David, we have Samuel, who's the last priest of Israel who anoints Saul and then David. Um, but Hannah, Samuel's mother, is in a similar position um, and prays to God to ask for a son, says she will give him into God's service. That son is, of course, Samuel. Um, She cannot conceive any other way. The Lord helps her and her husband conceive, and then she gives Samuel up. And and 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10, if you are listening and have your Bible, I'd suggest going and reading that and maybe reading the context around it, because it is a very, very similar prayer to Mary's song um, and kind of a similar situation. But we don't need to get into it here. I thought it was just cool to bring up if you're, you know, if you're listening and have the time to go flip and read. (laughs) First Samuel
0: 2, 1 through 10. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cool stuff. And that's also when we looked at first Samuel, was that last week that we looked at first Samuel too? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Mm -hmm. There we go. More connections being made. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, Do you guys have any other points you'd like to make about Mary?
1: No. There was one thing I noticed my Bible um, said when Mary, after she receives the news that she's going to be giving birth to Christ she, to Jesus, um, she says in verse 34 here in Luke 1 to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Um, my Bible says this isn't necessarily a, a question of unbelief um, based on the wording, I guess, and, and I guess in the word that it was written. That's not how it's understood. Instead, it's kind of just a logical question. Um, And then when she gets an answer from the angel that makes sense to her, um, because she has this great knowledge of scripture, then she's, I mean, she's fully on board. So once it's explained logically, um, she understands the spiritual nature behind it, I think. But the logical nature, she's kind of like, "Ooh, this doesn't connect. Um, But then (laughs) the angel's like, yes, it does. This yes is promised. And, and, and she's like, "Oh yes." Um, so, but once she she gets that full understanding, she's there's no spiritual doubt. Mary is all in, and again, that points to her. Um, it's just a testament to why should we should look up to her as a servant of, of God.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was also reading about that, and this is more like that verse there. How can I, how can this be? Since I do not know a man, that's probably more of like like a logical. Questions just about biology, like how could this be possible? Um, and then it's mm-hmm. explained to her, and then verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good point that you brought up. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then one final <laughs> thing I wanted to cover, it's um, a few verses after this, it's called, a set of verses between ver- Luke one sixty-seven through 80, it's called Zacharias's prophecy. Um, and so, looking at just verses 76 through 80, I won't read it all. I'll read some of it. Um, the prophecy reads And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the dayspring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. So excuse you. He's yawning. I'm sorry if I'm boring you with this, Thomas. <laughs> no, <they're not. laughs> but anyways, these verses and Zacharias prophecy. Um, speak to the reason of this season and um, the reason for everything in christianity pointing it all back to jesus like jesus alone fulfills everything that is needed for us to be saved and to be connected through christ or back to god um so Zach- zachariah mentions jesus as the sole source through which god redeems his people through those verses 76 through 80. Um, and it's not done through the help of Mary interceding on our behalf, but it's done. Obviously, Mary is so instrumental through this story, but ultimately it is accomplished through Jesus alone in God, who is already rich in mercy and doesn't need someone else to intercede on our behalf to appeal to that mercy.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was a cool thing. And then, um, if you guys want to continue on during this Christmas season, reading Luke 2, that's when things... We really get to the meat of um, Jesus being born and, and all of that in the beginning of his life. Um, so I recommend reading that as well. Yeah, the
1: Christmas
0: story.
1: Um, I would say Luke 1 is an extremely long chapter, 80 verses. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense because there's a lot of good content packed in here. but Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Luke has a lot of long chapters. (laughs) Which (laughs) I feel is kind of (laughs) rare for the New Testament books.
1: Right?
2: Yeah, once you get past the Gospels, all all the the books are super short, and chapters get shorter and shorter. (laughs) And and Revelation's pretty long. Hebrews is pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. The Gospels are nice and beefy, which is good (laughs) because it's... Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. Yep. <laughs> I love me some scripture.
1: <laughs>
0: me too. What's the shortest book? Is it Philemon? Um,
1: Jude is pretty oh, short it, too. It, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> Jude is short. Philemon is short. I think it's 3rd John. John. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's one of those. Yeah. Third John Yeah, has 11 verses, <laughs> or 14 verses in it. i I think it's third john (laughs) by the time he got the third john he uh, was running out of things to say (laughs) (laughs) it was a really quick letter
0: (laughs) but important nonetheless (laughs) short
1: and sweet (laughs) yes
0: oh yes for sure all right well i can go ahead and close Mm -hmm. this out in prayer yeah uh so dear father thank you again for this opportunity to make this podcast alongside Justin and Thomas and just to grow on our faith and together and walk it and our walk in Christ. Um, this morning, God, I pray that when we look at the Christmas story, God, that we just remember the importance of, of Jesus and that everything throughout the story points back to Jesus, God. Um, and that, Christ entering the world and becoming the final ultimate sacrifice is, is our eternal hope. And that offers salvation from our sins and then our ter- eternal connection with God. Um, may we learn a lot through Mary um, through reading this God and may we just follow her faithfulness and her humility and her just humble acceptance of her role that God calls her to be God. May we learn a lot from that and, Uh, look to her as a model disciple in our walk with you, Christ, and that everything ultimately points back to you, God. In your name I pray, amen. 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 All right, well, thanks for listening, guys. As always, um, subscribe, (laughs) follow our channel, uh, tell others about it as well. We'd love to get as many listeners as we can. Um,
2: Keep listening. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Yeah, always. Thanks again. We like having people. Of to course, hear us. grab
1: a Bible and join in. <laughs>
2: yeah, join in the fun. Talk to people you know Spread about. Spread the
0: word. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, we hope yeah. you all have a very merry Christmas. It's been a difficult year, um, but there is always the eternal hope and salvation through Jesus Christ that we have, and it's very special not to just look at it at this time of year, but. Uh, have that in our lives at all times.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Awesome.
0: All right. Thank you. Signing off.
1: Thank you. All right. Goodbye. Thank you.